not only did that teach us really quickly what we needed to see, it, it yeah. absolutely showed us what we what we didn't want. Yeah. And that really set the tone for moving forward um, with, with engaging property managers. And yeah. one of the things when we will have new tenants come into a property, um, often they'll say, you know, they'll ring, now we've got this couple or we've got so-and-so who, who will be fit, you know, for the property. What do you think? And I always go back to them and say, look, on paper, that sounds great, but what do you think? Because you're yeah. going to be managing them and yeah. you're going to be the right. one having to deal with their dog or their partner or their whatever. How do you feel about it? You're listening to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard. Here's your host, Tabitha Bright. Hello and welcome to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard where I get to speak to property investors from around Australia about their investing journey. My name's Tabitha Bright and I'm the Head of Coaching here at Positive Real Estate, where we help people build wealth through property. With over 8,000 clients across Australia and New Zealand, there are some incredible stories to tell, which hopefully make your investing journey that little bit easier and will inspire you along the way. So my guests today are the fabulous Tara and Jen, long-term clients of mine personally, that have been with me for about 10 to 12 years. So we discuss the importance of your property manager, especially when tenants try to burn the house down, renovating for profit and a hidden discovery, and the importance of having a quality strategy. Enjoy this conversation with Jen and Cara. Jen and Cara, welcome to the podcast. We are definitely recording. I can see the little red button. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Thanks, Tara, for Thanks, having Tara. us. Thank you. <laughs> So we were talking about these ladies. Um, they've been part of the mentoring and coaching program here at Positive Real Estate for somewhere between 10, 11, 12 years we were working it out. Um, I'm pretty sure it was probably end of 2011, maybe 2012 you guys joined. So, you know, I've been super, super honoured to be part of your journey. Um, you've been an absolute pleasure to coach. And, um, and you started off with three properties. I'll let you guys tell the story about that in a second. And currently you're sitting on around seven, which is just fantastic. So congratulations to you both. Um, it hasn't always been smooth sailing. So do you want to tell me maybe about your first three properties, how you made those property choices, some of the story around what happened, particularly with that third one I'm super interested in. Um, over to you guys. Um, well, Jen and I first met and we had separately bought an investment property each. Yeah. Um, so we obviously both had an interest there. So I bought one, um, the first one in East Gosford. It was a townhouse, yeah. Central Coast. Yeah. Um, Jen then, uh, so we had actually just got together and I was finalizing. So I bought a land and, um, house and land package in it's sort of southern Bendigo area called Golden Square. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was uh, I terrifying as someone who was renting in inner city Melbourne, um, yeah. you know, trying to live a uh, an outward life, trying to keep the spending um, <laughs> and, and then seeing this money incrementally come out of your account and thinking, what the hell have I done? Yeah. Um, and then I guess then we met um, and we both had a mutual interest in property 
and we both were I think we thought we were both a bit special like we both came with a property each we both like you know we knew a bit that we really didn't uh and it's funny when you say like how did we each pick our properties Cara used to live in Gosford her dad found the property why did I pick Bendigo I think somebody said it might have been a good spot you know like <laughs> that's how we kind of picked them um and then so that led us um uh, before we moved in together we'd been together for just just shy of a year we decided to purchase a property together um as tenants in common in oh, yeah. Grovedale in Geelong and it was just an absolute shocker is the best way to describe it. But at the time we bought it, we thought we were just, again, just hitting gold. Like, <laughs> yeah, look at us go. <laughs> uh, so it was a, um, well, back in the day, it would have been a farmhouse. But fast forward to when we purchased it, which yeah. would have been about 2011. Mm give or take, yeah. Um, yeah. We, it was a three-bedroom house with a granny flat out the back and the property had already been subdivided so there was a new build at the back as well. So there was a, a common driveway, basically no zero, court, yeah, zero courtyard in a family-orientated place and right. we just went in saying, oh, we'll just, we we'll just rent them separately, it's going to yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was um, it it was doomed to fail nearly from the beginning. And I guess uh, in principle, it was mostly because the management that we had chosen yeah. was was a, a true failure. And we one of the most tremendous learnings we had at that time was to manage our managers. Yeah. And yeah, really um, so <clears throat> things were going pretty swimmingly in in Gosford and Bendigo from a management point of view, but yeah. we were consistently having problems in Grovedale, be it mm. the tenants causing issues, the zero communication from the property manager. And that all accumulated when we went to do a site visit with the property manager, yeah. opened the front door. The tenants had left. They, had, they hadn't vacated. They had like absconded. Uh, we opened the front door and there'd been a fire in the in the actual property. Ouch. Um, yep. So there was smoke damage to the room. There's, there was clearly flames up above a gas heater that it had what looked to be some sort of clothing or plastic oh. item had burnt to the front of the gas heater. The room was black. Yeah. Everything was, it was black. And yeah, was I remember the property sort. manager saying, awesome just couldn't possibly know what's happened here and I was like I can tell you it looks like there's been a fire in here <laughs> um and wow. it just it just so set the tone for that property it was yeah. just an absolute nightmare because not long after that we had new tenants in um it was a <clears throat> multi-generational so family yeah what all got oh fixed. yeah yeah absolutely um importance of insurance so that was Very a big tip uh <laughs> And and a, a tremendous storm had come through uh, Geelong and in the granny flat an entire significant chunk of ceiling came down oh. only six months, I guess, after mm. we'd um, fixed it. And then getting somebody in an emergency repair was Hard. just like, all, borderline impossible. Mm. And so we had it made good, but then the tenants... Um, 
it's kind of a drawn out story, but we ended up in VCAT with them. And so it just was a property that never hit the mark. And and the long, the long version of that is that's what led us to you guys. Right. Um, we, okay. We, Nothing we like that. You guys after after Grovedale's disasters. <laughs> yeah. We just thought we ne we needed professional property investment advice. Yeah. Um, and we did some research around what uh, advice was out there and we landed on PRE and yeah. we've been with you guys obviously for, yeah, yeah. 10, 11, 12 years. In mm. fact, Tab, you may not remember this, but we had our first meeting with you and Car and I will still talk about this sometimes because we'd been together for maybe a year. We weren't living together. <laughs> we had bought this property, disaster. Which and is a I great remember test of a relationship. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I remember you saying to us, "Oh, you know, it's a bit really nice to meet you." So we're just going to ask you a few questions to well, start. You were talking about goals, like our yeah, goals. Yeah, yeah. As a couple. <laughs> yeah. It's just so matter of fact. So you just so um, what school do you want your kids to go to? And both of us like, oh, um, <laughs> well, I haven't asked that question yet. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I was like, do you want kids? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was and good. The fact that you had three properties together, that you were fairly well embedded and enmeshed in your relationship. Of course. Yes. Of course. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. No, not, no, at, not all. at all. I don't know. I just think oh. it showed how much interest we had in property and sort of not much of the other things, right? <laughs> but you do have kids now. Got yeah, got <laughs> it was fortuitous i was foretelling the future um <laughs> so, so back to the property in geelong that was the 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 lesson we'll call it the learning yeah. curve um so there's a few lessons to pull out from there because it was a subdivided property so you didn't have everything that had been subdivided you just had you not just you had the property at the front was that yes. the original townhouse yeah and somebody had subdivided that put a uh, what we call a battle axe subdivision at the back yeah, correct, so you had yeah. the driveway and the property at the back and then on your property on the subdivided piece they'd also put down a granny flat that you believed when you purchased it that you could get two streams of income correct but because you were not aware, you uh, the council bylaws didn't allow that in Geelong, right. right? Or Victoria, for a matter of yeah. fact. Sometimes people get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's yep. the law and then there's enforcing it. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. You I mean, our that. education up to that point, Tab, had been reading the odd uh, magazine. <laughs> and um, kind of speaking to each other going, oh, that sounds good. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> A lot of us start there. <laughs> I had a similar experience, believe it or not. Um, and um, and then the other one you tapped on was uh, managing your manager. So yep. property managers are massive, aren't they? Like if yeah. you have a property manager that's not a career property manager, yeah, doesn't see themselves embodied as a property manager yeah. and it's a stepping stone to something else or they're particularly young and they haven't built skills around dealing with tenants around everything yeah. that goes with property management because um, I'll wax lyrical for a second uh, I have done an interview with um, one of our property managers Kayla um, on the podcast and she just talks talked me through some of the stuff that's happened she's um, had some of the most horrendous stuff, like being attacked by gang members. She's mm -hmm. been, you know, walked in on self-harm. 
Um, She's had to deal with domestic violence, Mm. with, you know, irate tenants, irate landlords. And you have to be very emotionally mature to successfully navigate the role as a property manager. And and then you have to understand all the legalities and, you know, all of that stuff. Mm. And so sometimes we see um, people that maybe underestimate what's involved um i think that's probably the kindest way to put it absolutely and i guess not only did that teach us really quickly what we needed to see it it absolutely showed us what we what we didn't want yeah and that really set the tone for moving forward um with with engaging property managers and one of the things when we all have new tenants come into a property um Often they'll say, you know, they'll ring, now we've got this couple or we've got so-and-so who who will be fit, you know, for the property. What do you think? And I always go back to them and say, look, on paper that sounds great, but what do you think? Because you're going to be managing them and you're going to be the one having to deal with their dog or their partner or their whatever. How do you feel about it? Mm. Um, And so that's my kind of go-to now with them. And if they can answer... If they can give that sort of um, robust, oh, no, it, it's going to be great. Yeah. You know, you sort of, you feel comfortable going in. We've also not been afraid to change pop- property managers at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've gone to different property managers because we haven't been happy with the manager. Yeah. Um, and we've, you know, negotiated rates with other property managers and we've just a few with some properties we've had to go through a few to get who we've got at the moment and across the portfolio at the moment we are happy with all of the property managers yeah. but because we have had to really chop and change as as we've and needed to skills and interview yeah. it's like job interviewing right yeah yeah, yeah. And um and you tapped on having insurance also super super yeah <laughs> just essential. Here's a lesson for you all listening tonight: <laughs> get your insurances sorted. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's funny. I tell you what, I had a similar experience to you, sort of. In that, um, is is that a child? No, that's it's, a puppy. Oh, <laughs> a puppy. I saw something going back and forth. <laughs> um, you might see a cat come in. I've shut the door. Yeah. Um, I had a similar thing in uh, we had two townhouses in Batemans Bay that have been my biggest lessons. Many of you have yeah. heard me talk about them over the years. And um, when the fires went through, I think mm-hmm. it was, was it 2020? The fires yeah. 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 In Batemans, um, I don't know about your Gosford, um, but the fires came literally within 100 metres of mm. our two townhouses. Mm. And I remember saying to Vin, I'm pretty sure I paid the insurance <laughs> but you know you, you've held something forever yeah like I've been in those properties 15 years um until recently and um and I, I just got a bit lazy they didn't cause me too much grief I just held them and I was thinking shit I get it updated what's the latest <laughs> and you're like shit um and thankfully they weren't damaged by the fire but I remember sitting up that new year's eve and I was watching the map of the fire as it was in the updates and I was just thinking I just thought you know what I can't control this they burn down they burn down the most important thing is obviously lives aren't lost and the tenants were on the beach but um yeah all all was well it ended well I mean, it's that kind of thing. And as well, you kind of fall into, once you get past having a few properties yeah. and you have, you know, it, paperwork, and the paperwork drives me 
like you know not the downside but yeah. it's the it's the oh well that's what's that property for what's that insurance for have we got that and we keep a spreadsheet that has everything documented so property it's purchase yeah. price yeah. when we bought it what's owing equity lender blah 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 insurance yeah. paid. Yes, very no. sensible. Do you mm. update your insurance policy with the latest value of your property if it was to burn down? Ooh, not that was what I was worried about. <laughs> Ooh, good one. Yeah, because I had I had insured it at the value that it was, and I'm pretty sure it probably went up with inflation. I don't know. And I was mm. sitting there with Vin going, hmm. Like Ben, my hubby, is um, very good at um, doing the accounts and he's that way inclined and he gets that joyous um, <laughs> joyous task. But it was just that moment where you just go, oh, shit, it's about to burn down. Yeah. What What's have you done? Yeah. There was a moment. There was a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, all was well that ended well on that one, much yeah. like yours. Um, and so you guys decided to shift that on, didn't you? So tell us a little bit about that. So the Geelong yeah. one you don't hold anymore. We don't. So we ended up joining PRE and then we actually bought a duplex. No, the first one was um, the first one we bought with PRE was in Western Sydney. Oh, yeah. We bought a, a property in Lethbridge Park. Oh, yes. oh yeah, and it was. I, I remember we'd been to one of the PRE meetings. They were really um, talking about uh, Western Sydney as being the next big thing, and being Cara's family are in Sydney or and just above that. And we thought, what are they talking about? It's an absolute dive out there, uh, <laughs> but they seem to know what they're talking about. So we better go and have a bit of a look, and. <laughs> I remember we went around and it was at Christmas and we have this really strange thing where we basically buy property in that week between Christmas and New Year. And we found for us, I think we, we've bought three properties yeah. that way, I think. Yeah. Um, that seems to be when we have time to talk and then we're like, oh, I think we should go put an offer on that property or whatever because we've kind of been nattering so about it. a house. We so, bought a house in Western Sydney, yeah. Lethbridge Park, yep. for $243,000. It's a three-bedroom, and Nana had still left her rosary beads on the wall, oh. and it was... It was a deceased estate. Yeah. And, um, yeah, $243,000 had been on the market for about two months. Yeah. And the carpet looked like it was from... It was original. 1920, yep. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. It was yep, a basic, basic, basic yep. um, it had had its bathrooms done. It was pretty basic, but we, yep. um, we did, and we keep the spreadsheet still, but we did a, um, an $18,000 reno. So we painted it, gutted it. As in, uh, we did a we lot did of it, ripped um, the carpets up. Yeah, And I remember. In fact, it was great because both sets of our parents would come and we were all just, you know, it was Chipping sandwiches in. on the front porch and whatever <laughs> else. And it was um, I, I still remember doing it and thinking, I don't know what we're thinking. Like, why there's you know ambulances <laughs> running past and there's just like garbage at the front of houses. But anyway, we went ahead with it, and yeah. um, it was renting when we first, even as is, if we'd done nothing, it was still going to rent at three fifty when we when we. So what yields that? Wow, it was oh, well. Man. By the time we'd done our renovation, we yeah. got. 
but we got about just about 375. Yeah. Um, but that, that property was also another good somewhere. lesson. Okay. That we had some tremendous lessons from that one as well. It was on a main road. Oh, yeah. Which is why it hadn't moved, um, yeah. I think, in that two months. But that wasn't necessarily was fine, really. a big thing. It would had a bus stop just up the road. It was yeah. close to Mount Druitt. But at the back of the shed, yeah, I remember being out there. I was with my dad and saying, it's just strange. It just sort of looks like the back wall doesn't quite, like, meet where the end of the shed is. And we, yeah. I remember <laughs> inside the garage was smaller than when you walk outside of it. And the there was length this, of it looked longer. Like there was a you, secret wall or something. So we were sort of poking around and <laughs> it was like Adam, found out that there was a secret wall. It was like Adam MacGyver or some sort of TV show. You would have this wall at the back of the shed on wheels that just opened. And it was like a it was like the like literally the wall, like the board of the wall. Just shifted and was on wheels. And I remember sticking my head in thinking, oh, I don't know what I'm going to find in here. Uh, hopefully jewellery or something amazing. <laughs> like gold Kruger. <laughs> and I put my phone in and clearly someone had a state-of-the-art hydroponic setup in the back of the, the no. previously. And we don't know if Nana that passed on was, you know, who. Maybe Nana. What was we don't Nana? know what the situation was, but <laughs> it was an. Non, no longer utilized hydroponic setup um and it was <laughs> what we ended up doing is just sealing it shut and just drilling it closed and hoping the tenants never found it wow <laughs> it was it, moments like that were like do we have to call the police like what do we have to do oh, i don't really know i mean and then we were thinking maybe it's like a Maybe it's a pit for cooking meat in or something. No, it's not a pit for cooking meat. It's, it had water taps. So you got the local drug, the, the local drug dealers dealing out of your shed. Absolutely. So what did you buy that for? Two. Two forty-three. Two forty-three. We and we ended up selling that two years ago now to buy our principal place of residence in oh, Canberra. Yeah. yeah. Um, we sold that for five ninety. Oh yeah, that's all right. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So if I go three seventy five times fifty two divided by uh, what did you say? Two forty three. Two forty three. Yeah, so an eight percent yield. Mm. And that was so. PRE put us onto that and that was our first experience with PRE and it really set the tone then um, for working drug dealers. with you guys, <laughs> the drug dealers and, the, you know. Uh, but I guess what it did is it it really did um, show us that yeah. there's, there's an entire science behind this and an entire methodology and somewhere that, and this was the big thing, even though we had never lived in the properties we'd bought, we we wouldn't mind going there or visiting there. This would this was so off our radar. Yeah. And and only put in our, on our radar, obviously from PRE. Yeah. But we we did our own deal. Yeah. Um, but it paid off in the end. Yeah. For us. Mm. Yeah. And so I think what was happening in Sydney at the time, and we're beginning to see a similar thing happening now, is um there was what we called yield variation. Do you remember me talking you through that? 
mm. where the rental is unusually high for the value of the property. Yeah. And so we know when that happens, when you get that yield variation, because normally in Sydney, right, if you went to buy in Sydney now, you'd be, you know, you'd be doing well if you got a three and a half percent yield. Yeah. Because the value of the property compared to the rent you get. So it was the other way around when you guys purchased. So the thinking around that was that we were going to see some strong capital growth, which you guys did see because in approximately seven years, that property pretty much doubled in price, yeah. Yeah. which is un, an unusual um, result. Normally yeah. it can take 10 to 15 years for a property to go through a full cycle and double yeah. in value. And we knew that due to the yield variation, like an 8% yield in yeah. Sydney, given you'd spent 20 grand on a um, reno, which I haven't allowed for, but even a 7% yield. I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. that's nuts. That's cash flow positive. Yeah, um, it yeah, was. And it, it, yeah. it really balanced, I think, everything that was happening with our Geelong property at the time. Mm -hmm. So it, it really brought balance to our portfolio. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. um, and I think that's been, for us, one of the keys yeah. is... Mm -hmm is having balance in the portfolio. So having right. some yep. that are income generating, uh, it just, it makes me more comfortable and I'm the yeah. more probably risk adverse. Cara's more like, yeah, right. just, just go. Well, let's buy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we yeah, it does. It balance. It brings a nice balance for us. Yeah. Yeah. You need mm -hmm. it. You need it. Mm -hmm. If you've got two gung-ho people, that's a nightmare. Trust me. From yeah. perspective. <laughs> that is when you see the whites of my eyes. It scares, scares me. Scares me. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's awesome. And so, um, so we had the, we had a couple of lessons with the drug dealers and the fire and, and you were saying um, before I was recording that the property in Geelong, um, you know, sometimes you'd have tenants and you'd find you had 14 people living in yeah. the roof. And yeah. and so one of the things Sam talks about, and I'll bring it back to some of the strategy behind uh, positive real estate is he talks about um, a flight to quality and yeah. that the best property that you can afford, and it's not to denigrate low income. I know there's mm -hmm. a lot of people on low incomes that are just fabulous citizens. Um often hand in hand with low income yeah. um, social problems. Um, and that's just because everyone's stressed to the eyeballs far more. Um, you know, there's obviously whole cycles on poverty that we can talk about. But mm. um, and so if you can afford to buy better, uh, better quality property in areas where the councils can afford to provide amenities and services yeah. and schools and all mm. of that kind of stuff, it's not that you don't have social problems and difficult tenants. It's just that the propensity to, for people to be able to afford capital growth to go up, to pay more because they're emotionally connected yeah. to a property, they will stretch. They can afford to pay more for rent. They can weather things like losing a job and COVID and still yeah. pay the rent. And so it reduces the stress for us um, as landlords. Mm. And, um, and, you know, I think we're all human. None of us want to cause pain to our tenants. We want to oh, absolutely. Tenants. And I guess yeah. you know everything that you've said, and uh, we both would wholeheartedly say. So we're both in, I guess, um, health and social work industries, yeah. and we both are particularly passionate about um, some subgroups within community who don't have the same abilities and experience and opportunities that we do, and so. Um, whilst we we would 
we've actively tried to seek um, refugee and asylum seeker tenants as well. Um, we've we also we have a balance in terms of so we have some regionally based properties and some central based properties and um i guess for us it, it is about finding that right tenant despite their their background and history and everything yeah. else yeah um but i do agree we have this it is undeniable that when we have put more money in absolutely that we have had a better outcome yeah, yeah. It, it just um yeah and, and in fact that that's a nice segue in a sense that we've just bought from pre in the last six months in fact christmas christmas yeah. of course yeah. <laughs> um uh we bought at north lane in north melbourne so we've bought uh, one of the apartments there yeah. um and that is because we had to let go of a couple of properties to get into our current principal place of residence yeah we felt like we had a missing blue chip, yeah. Um, and it was an interesting. It was an interesting pick at the time. Um, PRE were talking about Point Cook versus North Melbourne, yeah. And we just felt North Melbourne, from a blue chip point of view, in a city, um, it was to balance. Yeah, to balance our Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys have made some very conscious choices and I love that you do it with a social heart um yeah. it's really nice to um to work with that it's um it's heartwarming and you know kudos to you guys um what else anything else you wanted to share or or I can ask you my favorite wrap-up question <laughs> that were there <laughs> I guess, were there um... any other gems I guess we would go through ebbs and flows in interest in property and life like happens like that. So we've had two kids, we have a six and a four-year-old. And I remember at some point when we had at that time, like a one and a three-year-old and, you know, as we are talking about before, like paperwork's coming in insurance or whatever. And I remember saying to Carl, I don't care if we just sell all the properties and just never do this again in the heat <laughs> of the moment. Yeah. And I guess it is hard work and it yeah. does take, I guess, commitment. It does. And that ebbing and flowing of interest and stepping out is actually in my mind it's a healthy thing because mm. you're not in it the whole time you're not in for it us. yeah and you're not like so invested like what's it doing today or this week it really should just be a check and set have we got the right manager have we got the right insurances have we got the right tenants how's the interest rate going yeah. are we right the, with the right lender at the moment yeah. what's the rent so just yeah. doing a bit of an annual and, and check and balance to really. Cara because she has become the guru at doing all of that. <laughs> and it becomes like a a meeting at the end of the day. So um I've gone through this, this, and this. Are you happy? Sign here. It was like it's great. Um yeah. but I guess that would be my takeaway is people say to us regularly, Oh my god, aren't you worried? Aren't you freaking out? I'm like, no, I'm not freaking out. I'm we we'll shift something if we need to. We're not emotionally invested and we go with the ebbs and flows as we need. And I think that's okay. that's kind of yeah. it. And and now we have kids. Like one of the things we won't do now is we won't do a renovation while the kids are little. It's just too much um, for us. And so that strategy yeah. now is off the cards for us. Yeah. And that's okay. We're, we're totally okay with that. We, it's just a different time for us. That was great. But now... No I, way. I honestly think if Cara had to pick up another paintbrush, we might divorce. But um, <laughs> that's. 
Um, but that's, I guess that would be the takeaway. It's a, you're in it for the long run. You're not in it for the, you know, there's a lot of talk about interest rates and um, pro property prices and all those things right now. I kind of just don't listen to the news. Yeah. Just turn it off. Yeah. Well, I'm going to put it out there. You guys want a coaching job? You've got one. <laughs> <laughs> one day, Tab. I'll keep you to yeah. that. I'm 100% serious. Jason Witten, I'm putting you on the Now, some really wise words. And you know what? The other person that would love what you've just said is Sam Sackers. Because he says the biggest problem with property investing is the people that invest. Yeah. Because right. you start tracking it. Exactly like you said. You start worrying about when the capital growth is coming. You start looking for every problem. You look at something else and you think, God damn it, why did I buy this one? I should have bought that one. There's always going to be something. Always. There's yeah. always going to be something that you skated and didn't buy and that saved you from a disaster. Yeah. It, it's just life. And it's like being married, right? You can't go around wondering if there's somebody better just over the horizon. <laughs> best not to. No, best not to. <laughs> But property investing, same scenario. And yeah. um, and you've got to be in it for the long haul. And I think, you know, as perfect as clients can be, you guys are it. And I'm not just blowing hot air. I'm saying that live recorded. <laughs> I will say, power keeps it real. So I do have <laughs> a little mini meltdown around just, I don't know, after Christmas, after we've either bought something and she'll sort of say, bring it back down. The tempo's a little high. You just need to... <laughs> Um, so it's it's it is a good balance, and I think um, it is okay to to feel that anxiousness from time sure. to time. It actually keeps it real. Um, but uh, yeah, just just let it go. Let it. Or your go. coach. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. You've got a couple of us on the hook at the moment, haven't you? We do. We do. We've got Karen as well. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. I said to Karen, I was like, I'm just going to poke that one and make her a little bit jealous. I said, I'm interviewing Karen Kinsler. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> they were mine first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, look, all jokes aside, so fantastic advice. Asking that classic podcast, que podcast question, if I can get my words out. If you were to go back in time and see Kara and Jen, young Kara and Jen, what would the advice outside of what you've just told us, what would be the advice you would give? Um, I think invest earlier. <laughs> yeah. And I would have I would have liked to. I mean, we haven't met, but well, we but we we so and, we started and do your due diligence and your research more than property magazines. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was a single magazine that we thought we were like pretty top, like just even buying it from the news oh, agency oh, or whatever we did. Um, yeah, do your due, due diligence. And that actually means call the council, speak to people in the neighbourhood, like whatever it is, look at. Who's it, going to be renting the place? Who's going to. Who's your market? Who's the market? Yeah. We were super raw on that and just looking at the dollar value of what we thought we could get without going in. And yeah. so. I guess, yes, it would definitely be um, to invest early. And I, th I think we all would think that. But um, I guess for me, it's also just trusting your instinct. So even though we, we um, so with Lethbridge Park, I still remember driving there and saying, are these guys legit, honestly? <laughs> 
as in PRE. As in PRE. Oh. We just not long joined them and we were driving through and there's couches everywhere and bins overflowing. I remember thinking, are they serious? But it wasn't until we too. got in we there. And I wouldn't have you doing that now. <laughs> but do you know the funny thing was, I remember I was pulling something out, maybe an old curtain or something, onto the front yard. Yeah. And an elderly, an elderly like member who'd lived in that community for some time said, you're going to do really well here. This place has changed so much since I've been here. And it mm. was strange because it wasn't you guys per se. You gave us the direction, but it was actually that person who I went, okay, settled your nerves. We're going to be okay here. Mm. Yeah. And it was that, it was that inherent, and, and we just had to let it go and do its thing. So I think it's just trust, trust in the process. Mm. Yeah, but ask lots of questions. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, keep asking yeah. questions, really. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I know that um, with that whole flight to quality thing of Sam's, that um, what we learned is that people often want to invest, but most investors don't have or don't want to have the capacity to deal with some of the stresses that you guys yeah. have had with your more creative investing. It's a very small portion. You know, most of us have busy lives. Most of us are holding down careers, children, all sorts of other stuff in our lives. And to add creative investing where there are more challenges just by the mm. nature of it, um, yeah. most of us don't want that. Yeah. You guys, you were starting out, you know, you were just coming together we had a smaller budget to play with. Yeah. Mm. Even back then in Sydney, you know, if you wanted blue chip in Sydney, you would have been looking at 700K. Oh, 500K bought your Kelly, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, Roseland. So, um, you know, you've done really, really well with your purchases. We as a company probably stay clear of some of that lower price point property for the, exactly the experiences that you guys have had and the yeah. challenges that it brings coaching and all of those things doesn't yeah. mean that clients don't do it but often will get people to save for a bit longer or to improve their servicing rather than buy something that's um on the cheaper side yeah but with those yields you can almost just not really argue with yes that, right? yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> in fact i i think we presented that yield to you at one point you're like i think just go yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I think six was still considered good, and you guys were looking at seven and a half, and it was um, yeah, no, that was awesome. I'm so pleased you did well on that one. Um, and across the board, well, yeah, uh, ladies, anything else you wanted to add before I wrap it up? No, I think so. Appreciate everything you guys have done for us. It's been um a genuine pleasure to be part of. And Aww. people ask us, how did you get involved and what did you do? And it was like, well, it was kind of natural for us, but it was really through really UTAB and your leadership and direction. And I think we just personally get along with you beautifully. And it, it, it's just led to this yeah. synergy of property. So <laughs> you've been great. And friendship. Aww. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I still have to have you over to dinner at my place when you next down. <laughs> There's cats that can keep the kids busy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, ladies. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, give me a call sometime. Don't be strangers. I know you're busy and uh, you got Karen, but always here. No Thanks, worries. Tab. Thanks for having us. Thank tab. you. Cheers. See ya. Bye. See ya.
Hey, thanks for listening to Property Investor Tales. Remember to subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode drops. As you can guess, I love hearing people's property investor tales. So if you'd like to share yours, then please get in touch with me via email at propertyinvestortales at positivementor.com.au. We would also love your feedback and I would appreciate a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Remember, you can watch all of these podcasts over on YouTube at Positive Mentor or at positivementor.com.au. Until then, take care, happy investing, and bye for now.